But I just want to say one last thing, then we'll pivot to his theory of ideology. One thing is law is tautological, which is to say there's a whole section in Sublime Object called law is law. The whole point of law is that it's not grounded in anything. To use Lee Braver's term, law is a groundless ground. Like it is completely the foundation of how we organize society, but there it doesn't have any legitimacy or authority outside of itself, right? It just it just is tautological. You have to follow me because you have to follow me, right? And so this tautology of the law obviously is somewhat anxiety provoking whenever you encounter it because you're sitting there going, wait, nothing actually supports the way that we impose norms, values, etc. They're ultimately groundless. And yet, nonetheless, we have to have this groundless law in order to have society at all. And so what ideology will often do is conceal the groundlessness of law. It makes it seem as though it's necessary, that it's absolute, when in fact it's arbitrary and contingent and groundless. So it's just another way, ideology. So basically, the groundlessness of the law is real. It's a, it's like this trauma that normally and usually we cannot process that the ways we value, the ways we um, organize society are contingent, arbitrary, and groundless. And so ideology will cover that up too because that real is often too traumatic to confront. But the point is the law itself can be a traumatic encounter with the real. Now we're switching senses here because the whole point, like that's what it is for the kid. Like, like, and this is why Zizek has this great quote where he likens the emergence of the law into our lives, like how God would show up in the Old Testament with certain dictates for for certain people, like Abraham, right? Like he would just show up, he would demand things and impose the law on them. And there's a certain traumatic aspect to this. Um, and um, it's not just, oh, isn't it so great to be in the law? I mean, on the one hand, it does like, if you don't get integrated into the law, if you don't truly assimilate the prohibition into yourself, you end up a psychotic, according to Lacan, right? Which is worse than being a neurotic like you and me that deal with all this, these doubts about what's right, what's wrong, how, you know, legitimacy of law, etc. But like without law, we're worse off. With for a Lacanian, if you don't have law, you're you're a psychotic, and and you're, and, you're, and, it, and it will have to will have to do a full treatment of that idea later obviously every anarchist out there as well as all the deluso gotarians are like oh my god this is fascism we'll have to talk about that later so um well yeah the whole whole idea is that um the only thing worse than law is not having law yeah yeah so um but again like like an anarchist i i get where they're coming from right like they're talking about like the bourgeois state or something like that. That's, but law in this sense of like this structural socialization, like does anybody actually say we shouldn't be socialized? I mean, I, we, we, 
Yeah, and even if they say it, uh, do they mean it? I don't. Or or do they even think it's actually plausible? You know, and and so for instance, Marvin was like, "Could you say law is necessary because of class? If we had equal power, then we could be accountable to one another." That's. But there was law in tribal societies, right? Yeah, you're not gonna. There's not a human society that we've ever heard of, seen evidence of that didn't have laws. And then Large also protocols. Also, fucking mammals have laws. So, like chimpanzees will fucking torture another member of their group if they perceive that that member has taken an unfair amount of food. Like they'll gouge its eyes out and bite its fingers off. Why? Because they have perceived an injustice has occurred, and they're righting the wrong. I mean, this is what we need to do. <laughs> I'm just saying, chimps have law. Yeah, and and I would just you know as far as so and obviously like if you look at uh. Like a wolf pack. There's obviously like a strict code of conduct. Um, and we're not we're not just mammals, and and it gets a lot more complicated with us. But at, at you know if if it's present in like all the mammals, then obviously we're gonna have to deal with it in some way. But as far as like when we think of like law today, we think of courts, we think of these these freaks that we call judges. Uh, we think about. Uh, you know, legislatures like uh, legislation policies like uh, it gets it gets complicated. A lot of it's a lot of well, I mean, God, there's a there's a there's a there's an industry uh, around legislation and and lobbying and all of these things. And so obviously, it would look very different outside of a class society or in a class society that wasn't inherently capitalist. It would still look very different as it did in feudalism or what have you. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, but. Well, and here's the other thing. Like, I think a Lacanian would tell you, like, law is there to protect me from the other's enjoyment. Like, everybody can say, well, I'm not going to harm anybody. I'm not going to hurt anybody. But the point is, we all have a fear of how the other enjoys. And so the idea is that law limits our enjoyment so as to justify limiting the other's enjoyment. And there is a kind of of uh, leftist that's that's particularly utopian, and then you'll even get the Marxist guy, uh, people who kind of do the same thing, which is just to say, well, all of the things that we don't like about humans, those are a product of class society, and so we've had plenty of one-on-one -on -one conversations about, you know, when you when <laughs> history, and. And whether we're talking about hunter-gatherer societies, hill tribe, you know, dwellers, nomads, or we're talking about people who've settled somewhere, have agriculture, we're talking about small versus large-scale civilizations, there is a lot of horrific shit in all of them. And to act like there's any one stage where there's not is racist, first of all, because uh, you're robbing, this is a Zizek point, you're robbing them of their humanity, which part of being a human is being flawed and uh having a fucked system that you're in and yeah we're in a fucked a particularly fucked system but um you take any other one and go do you want to live in it well why not and it's not just because they don't have air conditioning it's because it, because you're, you're, you're their form in, of enjoyment often like it, it's traumatic to you yeah like i mean the vikings right think about the vikings like when you read about how they enjoyed themselves um yeah yeah well 
I, well, half the people I have in mind would say, well, that's just white people. Um, I, I would say to anybody who kind of lives in that, you know, tension that we, we just described, you just got to read up on, I, I would, I, I take it all with a grain of sand because the person's a bit too Jungian for my taste, but, um, look into Lloyd DeMoss, um, the history of childhood. Like this guy's been writing about the history of childhood across cultures for, you know, a thousand years and, or, you know, his, his project spans, uh, different societies for a thousand years and just read up about, about it, you know? And uh, uh, he he doesn't go. It's not like he goes softer on Europeans. Europeans were absolutely terrible to children, um, and and still are in many ways. And as we are in this country. But the point is, is you're there's not a there's not a golden age for childhood in some previous society that you'll be able to find, unless you're unless you're reading uh, a his uh, a quote unquote history where the person's like, let me tell you about how we're like pure and <laughs> the opposite of everything we don't like. That is all you or the other that we don't like, right. you know, wh which is, which is pure ideology. Exactly. Okay. So let's kick into the ideology part here. So I want to start off with this great quote from Zizek. He says, Hey, <clears throat> say what? I said, Hey, it's a Zizek quote. This is the first one of the stream. Is it? Uh, you were reading Jody Dean earlier. I don't know if you had if you had quoted Zizek yet. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So he says, "To be a Marxist today, one has to go through Lacan." Now, a lot of Marxists probably aren't going to be fans of that one, but I I do wholeheartedly agree with this. And I mean, the book I'm writing right now. You could say, like, it comes out of that quote. Um, the idea is that for the left or for anti-capitalists to fully be tapped into the spirit of Marxism, we have to have a, a working understanding of libidinal economy, which is to say jouissance. We have to understand how jouissance functions in ideology and in politics in order to meaningfully oppose the capitalist system. And so this is why Zizek is a kind of Marxist to this day, even though he's not going to talk like a traditional Marxist because he's not a traditional Marxist. He's a Marxist in the sense that he does want us to have a true, not, not like the politics of resistance where we just enjoy inherent transgression and we never actually challenge the system. He wants us to be able to challenge the system. And for him, it's, it involves a working knowledge of how Jouissant functions and ideology. And so we got to we, we gotta contextualize his theory of ideology. He wrote this book at a time where especially European academia had basically declared like, oh, we're living in a post-ideological society. Uh, fascism failed. Communism has now collapsed in the Soviet Union. Remember, I mean, this is in late 80s into the early 90s. Um, so it's like, OK, this is the, this is the era of Francis Fukuyama, the, the end of history. Liberal capitalism is one. Uh, there's no big ideological debates, debates to be had now. So we're living in a post ideological society. This is where Zizek just comes in and kind of starts wrecking shit. Um, 
like I mean, you could almost say like Zuzek basically said to European academia, um, yeah, the you know the '90s called they they want their post ideology back, like, um, especially now, right? I mean, when we've lived through the last decade, the culture war, the rise of the alt right, um, the rise of the Bernie Sanders movement, all of this start going yeah we're not as post ideological as uh certain liberal leftists were declaring us to be in the the 90s and so i mean that's what his example of the three toilets does i don't know if i mean the his whole point is that the ways that the germans and the french and the english the british slash americans we all have different toilet designs and what he his his whole point is that each of the designs reflects the like unconscious ideology or at least the unconscious beliefs of those different societies and so um um the point is like okay you can go to a conference and you can say we live in a post ideological era but when you go into the bathroom you're sitting on a toilet that's thoroughly ideological right and so that's that's his whole point with the, the three toilets is that we are far from living in a post ideological society. You still there, Dave? Okay. Like BRB, but I can I can still hear. And then you I was over. Quiet. I was like, okay, I, I did I lose Dave again? No. And in fact, uh, Anne's here. Look at she's waving at the chat. She can't hear Mikey hey, right now. Hi. Happy Hello. Birthday. I know you hate existence, but I'm glad you're <laughs> live lecturing about Zizek today. Uh, I'm I can't hear I'm you. Glad but... my... Hello, chat. Oh, no, here, put that. Okay. On. Hold on, Michael. Here. Okay. Hello. I can hear you now. <laughs> no, yeah, like I'm, yeah, I'm glad that my hatred of my own existence <laughs> is humorous on my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Well, hope... look, I'm a, I'm a kind of doomer. Well, at least when it comes to me, like, so is Zizek, to be honest. Like he, I, his famous quote is, "I can't tell if I, uh, what, what is it? I don't know if I'm indifferent towards existence or if I hate existence. Something I don't like know that. If I'm <laughs> indifferent towards existence or if I hate existence, that's what yeah. Zizek said. Nice, cool. Well, I'll pass you back over to Dave. I'll probably stop back in again to bring some tea. Okay. But uh, cool. have fun. All right. Cool. So, okay, this is this is the big point in Zizek's theory of ideology. So what what is his huge contribution to a theory of ideology? It's it sounds really simple, but it's it's huge. It's that ideo ideological formations, ideological sy systems are comprised of meaning and jouissance. In an attempt to bring in new people to the world of philosophy and theory while building on relationships already established, we are doing a countrywide tour of the United States this fall. What's up, guys? It's Anna Dave. Are we coming to a city or a town near you? Do you think there is a venue or audience in your local region that would be interested in a lecture or facilitated discussion about existentialism, critiques of therapism, PMC ideology, self-help, introduction to philosophy, or the time energy critique of any of those things. This speaking and discussion facilitation tour will include the Pacific Northwest in mid-August, 
the Kansas City, Missouri area late August or early September, Philadelphia at the beginning of October, and really we're going to be all over the area there, hopefully, so get in contact with us if you think that we should come visit your state. Phoenix, Arizona, mid-October, and SoCal, especially San Diego, late October. I say especially San Diego because we already have our guide for the San Diego region. What's the difference between a host, a guide, and a volunteer, you ask? Well, thanks for asking, actually. The volunteer role is for people who want to put up posters or in other ways promote the events that will be occurring in their town or city. Whereas the host might have a guest bedroom, guest house, or a place that we can park our van so that we can sleep in our van. We need to know if you would have like bathroom facilities or anything like that. And so the form on the website is where you can tell us what you have to offer. Guiding on the other hand though, people who love to guide take a lot of pride in their local knowledge. A good example of that would be Michael Downs when I visited him in Raytown, Missouri, and he took me into Kansas City and we had barbecue and he took me to the mall and to all these other landmark places from his life growing up there. Um, but a more recent example would be my friend Michael in Poland who took us around Katowice, Poland and basically gives a historical and sociological analysis of everything and it was amazing. It was, it was one of the coolest things we've ever experienced and it made us realize some people just want to provide the space and privacy whereas other people want to take you out and show you around and so if you're interested in being a volunteer host or guide we have a special form for that so please fill out your information and uh, get in contact with us as soon as possible so we can fit you into the schedule because we'll love to meet you touch base with the local community and if you don't think anyone else in your area is interested in the things that you're interested in, if you don't think anyone else is into this stuff, well, we might be able to surprise you. When I saw that poster, Boldrillard in Boise fucking Idaho, are you kidding me? It was virtually an, an answer to an unspoken prayer, you know, really was. And I just couldn't believe that somebody was interested in the things that I was interested in that I had been interested in for years and had kind of given up on in, in futility. I'd labored in solitude for so long, I had no one to talk to about it, no one to bounce ideas off. This tour is going to bring together a lot of people who want to be based in text with the people they're in conversation with. and. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a fantastic year. The only other thing that I wanna say is that Michael Downs' first book is gonna be published by Theory Underground really soon here. I've got another book coming out really soon here. These books will be spread throughout the United States on this tour. So I'm hoping to be able to do some actual book launch events at various bookstores. Outside of that, I guess the last thing that I would say is that Michael Downs is gearing up to teach For They Know Not What They Do by Slavoj Žižek. We're putting out all these introduction videos and other interviews related to the topic of Hegel, Lacan, Žižek because we want to give people an accessible and sturdy basis in the discourse. The problem is, is that Michael Downs is very busy having to work at a wage slave job. And so if you want to help in freeing Mikey, make sure to go to his Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the dangerous baby. 
and make a donation. Thank you. I would be remiss to close this out without a quick shout out to our patrons and our anonymous donors. Thank you so much for the donations already. We've only been around for a month. We already got over $3,000 in donations. Um, and so thank you. And uh, stay tuned for the app, which is on its way. There will be a Fury Underground app. So the current setup is that it is a social media site built around courses where you can suppose that people who are involved in the discussions have a shared interest in the same or similar texts and where you can assume in a lot of the discussions that, yeah, people have read the stuff that you're reading, uh, that you're bringing into dialogue. And so, uh, for instance, the idea of the University by Carl Jaspers, dedicated for it. Slavoj Zizek's for they don't know what they do, dedicated for him. And then as people take the course over the years, new people will be coming into that forum. And so if you get in there early, you'll be able to see how the conversation evolves. And as new people add into the conversation, it'll bring back memories and like things that you want to work through, questions that you had with the first time that you read the text. And so I'm really excited for this. The reason I've built this website is because I think that this is what's lacking in so many other spaces is that ability to return to be able to communicate after the fact and in a sustained way on a platform that's not attention grabby and annoying like discord and so stay tuned because there is an app on the way thank you to our donors if you want to donate go to theory underground.com forward slash support thank you